Hello and welcome to Vipers Voices as the Desert Vipers practice at the ICC Academy. And in this episode, we start our build-up to the final of the DP World ILT20 with the Vipers waiting to see who they'll be playing at the Dubai International Stadium on Sunday the 12th of February. The Vipers have earned the chance to sit back and watch others battle it out for that second berth in the ultimate match after beating the Gulf Giants in the qualifier on Wednesday. And as the side makes its preparations for the match, we catch up with all-rounder Tom Curran, the player of the match in that qualifier, as he gives us his thoughts, and very interesting ones they are too. Before we get to that, just a reminder that tickets are available for that final, and if you want to be part of the red wall in the stands, then you can purchase them via the Platinum List website and app, and also the DP World ILT20 website. Tom's got plenty to say in our conversation, so let's get going. For Tom, getting through to the final is the fulfilment of a goal that he and his teammates set themselves when they first came together at the beginning of January. You know, this is what we play these tournaments for, um, and to to go through this sort of month-long journey with the team and end up where we are with the big dance on Sunday. The boys are very excited. Before the tournament got underway, Tom set himself the task of being one of the side's finishers, batting towards the end of an innings and playing a key role in either setting or chasing a target. He played that role superbly against the Gulf Giants and that gave him plenty of satisfaction. The knockout games or big games, that's, that's sort of the message from the top is we don't need superheroes. Um, it's just go out and if we all fulfill our role, we'll come out on top. So absolutely, I've loved that role. That role is something I'm, you know, learning and growing in. Um, and so to get the experience to do it here has been great, absolutely. Tom's also been satisfied with the way he's been bowling too, especially with his ability to operate in the death overs. I feel like I'm bowling very well. Yeah, sometimes the wickets don't really have a true reflection of how you've bowled because I've bowled in some of those other games, I closed out games, you know, as well as I could have and not been rewarded with the wickets. But to be honest, as long as the economy is reasonably low, wickets are going at the other end, we talk about bowling in partnerships um, and we're winning, I'm happy. And he knows now it all boils down to one final effort for the team in order to get the job done. At the end of the day, you know, you, you get into a final and it's who turns up on the day. And that's, I think, what we'll be looking at, trying to, you know, put together as close to a perfect performance as we, as we can, um, which I don't think we've done yet this competition. So I think that's good signs um, and what a time to turn it on on Sunday. That's Tom Curran and our chat with him is coming up next here on Vipers Voices. Tom has been one of the leaders within the Desert Vipers lineup, ultra competitive, and someone who's happy to put his hand up and either bat or bowl in the tough times of every match. And when we chatted with him after he and the rest of the squad had a day off following the victory over the Gulf Giants, he told us he couldn't wait to be involved in Sunday's final. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is what we play these tournaments for. Um, and to, to go through this sort of month-long journey with the team and end up where we are with the big dance on Sunday, the boys are very excited. Well, victory in that game, the qualifier against the Gulf Giants, and it was a side that you'd lost to twice in the group stages. 
Were you confident you could overturn them? Yeah, we really were, actually. Um, you know, the first couple of games that we lost, I think uh, we got into a really good position in the first game and we just fell short at the end with the bat and still almost won the game. Um, the second game, I think we played a lot of our starting eleven actually had been rested, um, even though we still had a very good side, I think. Um, look, we'd seen what they're about. They're obviously a good team, but some of the the standard of cricket that we played in that group stage is we we knew if we put together anything close to our best, we'd uh, we'd end out on top, and that and that proved to be the case. So yeah, it was a it was a really good win for the boys. Now, one of the keys to the victory was your partnership with Shafane Rutherford. You added fifty two in just a shade over three overs, and completely changed the complexion of the match. First of all, just talk to us. about about his ball striking and also his bravery. No, absolutely. It was a was a big, big swing in the the, the momentum of the game. Um, it was going one or two ways, and absolutely, when I saw him go down, I thought that I mean, it didn't look good, and it's not good. Obviously, I presume that's the end of um, Shafane's tournament, but it did. It showed great courage, um, great character, and yeah, seriously big uh, amounts of skill to come out there and whack it like that on one leg. I mean, he bats pretty similarly to that anyway, but um, yeah, to do that uh, with yeah one leg or one hamstring, um, yeah, was world class. Now, your contribution with the bat, that really was exactly the sort of role that you envisaged for yourself when we spoke before the tournament began, coming in in a key phase of the match and, and making a key contribution. So you must be pretty chuffed about that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's yeah, it's one of those roles that it can be hit and miss, um, but you know when it comes off, it, it proves to have big swings on the game and proves to be big value. So absolutely, I think that partnership at the end with Shafane, um, I guess that was sort of our roles that we've been given in the team. And I guess in knockout games or big games, that's that's sort of the message from the top is we don't need superheroes. Um, it's just go out and if we all fulfill our role, we'll come out on top. So absolutely, I've loved that role. Um, and hopefully, yeah, one more, one more big dance. <laughs> How have you felt you've batted in the tournament? Have you been satisfied with with what you've done? Yeah, been pretty good. I mean, I didn't have much chance in the first half of the tournament, which I guess is a good sign. Um, and then, yeah, I've been I've been pretty good to be honest. Like again, you know, a lot of the time I won't have a lot of balls to face, and it's about trying to impact the game as much as I can in that short period. Um, other times you come in and you may be five down with quite a long time to bat, where that situation's uh, probably a more difficult situation to bat, knowing if I get out, we probably don't have a huge amount of batting left um, behind. But um, look, we do bat deep and that role is something I'm you know, learning and growing in. Um, and so to get the experience to do it here has been great, absolutely. Just talk to us about batting with Shirfain, that partnership. Uh, a lot of balls went over the boundary, of course. He hit four sixes, you hit a couple as well. But how difficult or how easy is it to bat with someone who simply can't run between the wickets? Because at that stage of the innings, you're always thinking, well, we must take every single run available. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes it a lot easier when he is clearing the ropes. <laughs> if he wasn't clearing the ropes and, you know, eating up dot balls, then that becomes difficult. Because if I'm not clearing the ropes as well, we're not getting those twos um, which add up. So, yeah, look, I mean, it was a big play and it all happened very quickly when he came out to bat. I was I was not 
nervous, but I was thinking, well, well, this is going to go one of two ways. I obviously had to change the way I was going to play, knowing I couldn't then take singles. But to be honest, in the last two, three overs, that's what you're trying to do the majority of the time anyway. Um, so yeah, when when we could when we started clearing the ropes, it obviously worked out perfectly. And yeah, I guess that's all she wrote. <laughs> were you surprised when you saw him hobbling down the dressing room steps, too? Because you were out in the middle, obviously, at the time. Were, were you expecting him to come back? To be honest, no. The way I saw him go down and go off, I thought he was in big trouble. But um, yeah, I mean, the physio obviously did some great work behind the scenes there. And uh, he obviously um, showed a lot of heart and character to sort of bite the bullet and, and come out for that three over period. So no, I didn't think we were going to see him again, but again, it was a, it was a huge swing in the momentum of the game. And, uh, and yeah, I think, a, a moment, especially if we go on and win this tournament, a key moment in the tournament that will be remembered is that, that sort of moment of brilliance from him. And in terms of the conversation when he got to the middle, was it simply look, see ball, hit ball, or, or was there anything more sophisticated than that? No, it was pretty straightforward. He said he's going to try and clear the ropes. And I knew that meant I had to do the same because there was going to be no running. Um, I think it was three three overs to go. Um, that first over that he came out was massive because he cleared the ropes straight away. And then in the last two overs, it's, it was going to be going anyway. But with sort of that three, four overs to go, sometimes those twos are very valuable. And so, yeah, when he cleared the rope off that over, off, I think it was off Chris Jordan, It was that was massive. And then, yeah, we managed to get a few more sixes. Um, and boundaries towards um, in that 18th, sorry, that 19th and 20th over, which got us to an above par total. Now, the accepted wisdom, Tom, in this part of the world is you win the toss, you chase, because uh, you can be a factor at this time of year. But you've actually ripped up the rule book a little bit in that game against the Gulf Giants, haven't you? Just explain to us about how that came about. Yeah, well, I mean, we lost the toss for starters, Um I still think, I mean, a lot. to be honest, in some of the games, the Jew hasn't been too bad. But the other night, it actually got pretty bad. When we were batting, I actually said it looked like the ball was skidding off the outfield a lot quicker. Um, and the back end of our innings, the ball was really wet. So, you know, if that game was tighter and we only got 160 and they needed sort of 10 and over in those last three overs, I think it would have been a very difficult challenge for us because the ball was wet. And it was tough to bowl Yorkers with that wet ball. But again, you know, if that dew comes in early, it actually sort of brings the contest a bit closer and it doesn't have as much um, of an impact. But as a general rule, um, dew or not, I think in T20 cricket now, teams seem to like to chase. Um, and when that dew does come in, it becomes hard to defend, especially when there's a short side, although there wasn't a tiny boundary the other night. Um, it's just a sort of general rule of thumb, the way guys are going about it this, this, these days, sorry. Now, talk to us about your bowling. Uh, it's been pretty successful, I think, in this tournament, but you got four wickets in that game against the Gulf Giants and you closed off the match fantastically well. Have you been happy with, with the work you've done with the ball in this tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm bowling very well. Yeah, sometimes the wickets don't really have a true reflection of how you've bowled because I've bowled in some of those other games. I closed out games, you know, as well as I could have and not been rewarded with the wickets. But to be honest, as long as the economy is reasonably low, wickets are going at the other end. We talk about bowling and partnerships um, and we're winning. I'm happy. Um, and then obviously if I can get a few out the middle with the bat, I'm happy as well. So, um, yeah, one more to go. Uh, no one's going to remember 
the wickets or runs after after this final. I think it's I think it's just about getting over the line. Now you've given yourself a couple of extra days off by winning that game on Wednesday. How important have those extra days off been, not only for you but also for the squad as a whole? Because it's been an intense schedule, hasn't it? Ten games in twenty one days. You were the last team to start the group stage and the first team to finish it. So uh, I'm guessing any sort of rest at all has been very well received. Yeah, absolutely. It has. It's been uh, there was that sort of period in the mid back end of the tour group stages, which was which was very intense. Um, and I guess we allowed ourselves a bit of that luxury of resting, rotating players from the standard of cricket and the wins that we managed to get under the belt quite early on. Um, but absolutely, get, getting that extra couple of days now to well, guys for who want to rest can rest if there's a bit more. Um, training guys want but it does you know to play sort of I think it would mean we would have played three games in five days if we had lost um, and still got to the final um, so yeah that's absolutely a, a mental positive for us as a squad um, going into Sunday. Now, I'm going to ask you this next question with a little bit of a smile on my face and hopefully you'll have a smile on your face as well just talk to us about uh, the catching of the team in, in the yeah. tournament it's been it's been an Achilles heel really hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. It's 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 been not been good enough to be honest. It's been something we've spoken about a few times. Um strange really. Can't really put a finger on it because it's not through lack of effort or training. Um, you know, they're not great catching grounds here in Dubai, to be honest. Um, but it's not really an excuse. We I think we've I mean, I'll be surprised if a team has dropped more catches than us. Um, but then again, you know, we've we've dropped that many catches and we're still in the final, so I guess that's a weird positive as well. Um, so yeah, hopefully in the final we can put together a complete performance, especially in the field. <laughs> what does the build-up towards the final look like now? A couple of days of training or, or the opportunity to train. What about for you? What does what does the build-up look like? Because as we've mentioned already, you've had that very intense schedule. Yeah, so uh, reasonably relaxed today. Going to go for a little hit, a little run around, maybe a light gym. Nothing, nothing major. Um, tomorrow, pretty similar. Um, and I think it'll be similar for the guys, uh, for most guys, it'll be short, sharp, um, high intensity, but not long, um, and then just recover, relax, um, and yeah, try and chill out and just uh, get mentally ready, I guess. Um, I don't think too much will change in the preparation because it's a final. Um, yeah, it's a pretty relaxed feeling among the group at the minute, but a lot of excitement. So, um, yeah, again, pretty chilled, short, sharp training, um, and yeah, get ready to go. Now, you mentioned, obviously, Shafane's injury. You've also spoken about the squad. Are you confident that you'll be able to cover the absence of Shafane for the final? Yeah, look, I mean, first of all, he's a huge loss. Um, there's no hiding from that. But at the same time, you know, it's been difficult teams to pick every game for us. Um, there's guys on the bench who are who are proper, proper players. So whoever comes in, um, what an opportunity, you know, come in for a final, uh, make your name in a final. Um, guys have been training hard throughout and that's why they have been, you know, waiting their chance. So, um, look, he's a huge loss. Um, there's no hiding from that. But yeah, whoever comes in, wish them the best of luck and absolutely full confidence in them.
Have you been watching the Eliminators and, uh, and the other games towards the final? Or are you one of these people who just likes to switch off from cricket and you'll do your analysis when you have to do your analysis uh, and, and, uh, and leave it at that? Yeah, no, I haven't watched it sort of relentlessly. Kept a little eye on the game yesterday, drips and drabs. But yeah, not really want to watch, sit down and watch full games, trying to yeah just chill out. Not really. Um, look, we'll be concentrating the majority of our, of our focus on, on our games, you know, we played whoever we play a couple of times already, so we know what they're about. Um, and yeah, won't be watching too closely. Um, yeah, and then prepare day before, I guess. And in terms of uh, the side that uh, you're going to meet in the final, do you have any preference? Uh, look, not really. I think the three sides that are left in the in the finals are the three best sides in the competition. Three really good teams. We've beaten both of them already. Um, also lost to them, so... Um, yeah, I think everyone will be feeling pretty confident that we can do that again and I think in a final it's just about bringing who turns up and brings their best game on the day so both those teams as well would have had to play a few uh, sort of a few more games in a shorter period of time so you know if we can just get mentally fresh uh, physically ready um, yeah hopefully we're good. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage to have a have a break of for the uh, Desert Vipers and for the opposition the fact that they'll have played so much cricket coming into the uh, the final is that a plus or a minus for them? Oh, look I, you can break it apart so many different ways to be honest it's um, for me personally I, I think it's better um, I'd prefer to have that extra day's rest um, training and and get ready, but for other guys, they might just want to keep playing. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you you get into a final, and like I said, it's who turns up on the day, and that's I think what we'll be looking at, trying to, you know, put together as close to a perfect performance as we as we can, um, which I don't think we've done yet this competition. So I think that's good signs, um, and what a time to turn it on on Sunday. Confident, absolutely. <laughs> Tom Curran, the Desert Vipers all-rounder, straining at the leash to get involved in Sunday's final of the inaugural DP World ILT20. And that's it for this episode of Vipers Voices. As ever, please like and subscribe to make sure you get the very latest interviews and news from the Desert Vipers camp as the team continues its build-up to the final of the DP World ILT20. And a reminder that you'll get exclusive insider reaction here after that final, so please stay with us. And remember, you can also follow the Desert Vipers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook too, as well as visiting the website at thedesertvipers.com. You can also buy tickets for the final online, just look out for them through the Platinum List website and app, or the ILT20 website. For now then, this is Brian Murgatroyd, and as ever, thanks so much for listening.